Usually the moment you say this person needs no introduction, you find somebody who says, who's that? So for most of us in here, we're well acquainted with, our, with my brother Joe Lyway and his wife Marie. They, you guys have been here probably about every year for quite some time. But there's always new faces, so I'll tell you, Joe Lyway comes to us from the nation of Liberia. There on the, the west coast of Africa, Joe has been working with churches, even though he went to school here, and he even today teaches at Central Christian College of the Bible in Moberly. He still, every year, tries to make it back to Liberia to help the churches, and Currently, he and his wife, Marie, have plans to, uh, uh, to move back there in, I'd say in retirement, but Joe, that plan didn't sound a lot like retirement to me. That sounded just like more work. I mean, I don't know if you're clear on this concept. Uh, I love you, brother, but you're a little uh, off. And it's always fun having him here. He's a man who loves Jesus. He's a man who loves to laugh. He's a man whose birthday is today. He said he is 64. I said, Joe, you don't look a day over 62. I'm always happy to be able to say, come and preach to us, Joe. Good morning. Really a blessing to always come and see you all. Uh, you are our family here. Um, we have, as Phil was saying, we go way back. <laughs> yes, and uh, you have always been with us in ministry. And so we thank you so much for your support, being with us in prayer and financially. We thank you so much. You are here in the States, but you are in Liberia with us. Thank you so much. Before I go on with the message today, let me just uh, pray briefly and go on. Father, thank you so much for the time you have gathered us here together. Father, thank you so much for all you have done for us. Each one of us here, we are here because of what you have done. Lord, may your Holy Spirit now come to take charge of this message I don't know your word, but through your Holy Spirit, we will learn from you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be speaking on a topic, a reason for Christian baptism. This is not a new message you have heard. You have heard me say this before, but the Lord lay on my heart to bring that up again today. And so I know the Holy Spirit will speak to you and me as we go through this again because God's word transcends time, culture, and everything. So pay attention to his word. And the reason for Christian baptism, that's what I'm going to be speaking of. First, Christian baptism, what is the reason? It is built on the purpose, sorry, it is built on the grace of God through Christ. Christian baptism is built on the grace of God through Christ. And I will be speaking from the book of Philippians, I mean, the book of Romans today, from chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, I'll be speaking from today. But Romans chapter 5, verse 20 to 21 reads, The the law was brought in so that 
the trespass will increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you look at that text, the first thing we look at God's grace. As I always say to people, God's to all of us, God's grace. You know, when we look at grace, grace is in the middle. But what brings grace is God's love. By loving us, God lavishes his grace over us. And once his grace is being lavished over us, we have peace with God. And so where does it come from? God plans it out. Jesus Christ fulfills it. And the Holy Spirit sustains it. So the, the three persons of the Godhead are with us. They stand there. Our salvation is in Christ. It's in God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So we are completely, when we come to Christ, we are completely, completely whole. Because it is from God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And so the second thing that happened for which Christian baptism is given is it is not just built on the grace of God. It is our response to God's grace through faith in Christ. I'll respond to God's grace through faith in Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 reads, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We do nothing to gain this. It is the grace of God. We were sinful when God came on the scene to redeem us. In order to Clarify the reason and purpose of, of Christian baptism as recorded in Romans 6. I would like to use an agricultural analogy of bud grafting. Bud grafting. Brothers and sisters, bud grafting involves three important steps. For you to bud graft, you have to use, the, in fact, this is something that was so unique to me because my, my first career in, 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 in life was agriculture. I went to agriculture school from there, and I started teaching people agriculture. But this is very fascinating to me when I hear about bird grafting. When, I, when we started doing bird grafting, it was really fascinating to me. So what does bird grafting involve? The first thing it involves is death. Death. Romans 6, 1 to 3 reads, What shall we say then? Should we go on sinning so that Grace may increase, by no means. We who have been, we who have died to sin, how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Philippians, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53, verse 5 reads, But we, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. 
What does this mean? It means that we no longer belong to our old slave master's sin. Verse 6 to 7 reads, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might not be, might be done away with, so that no longer we are slave to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 14 reads, For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not honor the law but honor grace. Let's look at it. There's a, as you look at that board grafting picture, one, one of the fascinating things about that board grafting is that when you look at that picture, what comes out is that you move a bird from another tree that it was in. Its old master was that tree that you cut it off from. So it's separate from its old master. That tree has nothing, that root of that tree has nothing to feed it, that, that, that bud you take out now because it cut off from there. It dies to that old way and it no longer has no master. This old master is, it died to its old master. And for that tree to, that, for that bud to be able to, 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 to have nourishment, it has to be planted into another tree. And so you take it out, and what you are saying to it, you die to your old master, I don't care for you again. And you walk away. So you have a new master, now you come in, and you, are not, you die to that, so you not, no longer belong to it again. It will not feed you, because you have moved away from it. And what do we do as Christians when we have baptism, Christian baptism, the first thing it involves is death. We die with Christ as we receive baptism. The first thing is death. We die with Christ because our life is now in Christ. The second thing that it involves is burial, implantation, burial. This involves burial of all relationships. We were therefore buried, verse, verse 4 reads, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into, into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. My friends, look at that other thing. You see, when you do bud grafting, this is what happened. You have already cut it off from that tree. The old tree, it has no friend. It does not belong to that tree anymore. It has, you plant it into this other tree. When you plant it into that tree, now it's nourishment. It's everything that it has is now from this tree. So my friends, when we come to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we leave, we break tie with our old slave master, sin. And we leave, and the devil has no control over us again. We move to Jesus Christ, who is our new star, our new uh, 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 vine. Jesus said, "You are the vine. I'm the you are. I'm, yeah, you are the vine. I'm the branches." What does that mean? I mean, sorry, Jesus is our vine, and we are the branches. So, what does that mean? If Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. That means what Jesus is saying to us is that your food, your nourishment, everything you need is from me. 
So when you, when you come to me, turn to me, for I am your supporter. I am your light. I am your food. I am your protector. So when we look at baptism, we are buried with Christ. We caught up from our old master and we are planted into Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's who we are. So when we come to Christ, we have to know bud grafting has this to do with us. But then the next thing that bud grafting does is resurrection. Resurrection. Verse 5 reads, If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will suddenly also be united with him in a restoration like his. Verses 8 to 10 reads, Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. That if he died, he died so, I mean, died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Woo, this is really unique. When you're in Christ, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You see, we are grafted in Christ. We come to him, so Christ's life becomes our life. Christ's food becomes our food. Christ's love becomes our love. John 3, 16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one, as he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let's look at what happened to the next. You see, life, eternal life. The life of that tree becomes your life. The protection of that tree becomes your protection. So when we come to Jesus Christ, we are buried in Christ. We, we die to, uh, to our own way. We bury with Christ and we resurrect with Christ. So whatever we are, God is with us. That's why when Jesus was even there, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Holy Spirit comes to protect us. So as I told you before, God plans it out. Jesus fulfills it. The Holy Spirit sustains it. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Your salvation is real and it's finalized because it's all in Jesus. It's in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are with you. Heaven belongs to you. So what do you do? You have to know that your life is in Christ. Apart from Christ, you have no other life. When you come into Christ, live your life in the person you are grafted in. He is your source. He is your source. What then is the purpose of bug grafting? Why do we bug graft? The first thing that happens when you bug graft is a change of relationship. You change your relationship. I mean, uh, 13, verse 13 says, do not 
offer any part of your, yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. But rather, or rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Paul writes in Philippians, I mean in Romans 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect well, let's see the next slide, please. This is what happened from the change that comes from the inside. Let me just quickly give you the, uh, the, the illustration here. The, the thing that happened here in, in my country, as I always say, in my country, we, have, we are afraid of caterpillar. You guys here are not afraid of caterpillar. Okay, you people can go into the zoo and the caterpillar, somebody can take the caterpillar and, and put it on their, their finger and say, oh, caterpillar, yeah, little beautiful. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that in my place. We will not call it beautiful because those things, when they get on your skin, they will really hurt you. They hurt you greatly. You will get rash on your, on, on your, on your skin, so we don't play with them. Then, there's another thing called blight marble. Blight marble. The blight marble is a terrible snake. I, I used to go to the zoo here in St. Louis. We'll go there, you know, you, there's a lot of snakes over there. People take it, wrap it around their neck. And they're walking around. And I looked there, I said, I'm not going closer there. I will die. Because we don't, we don't play with snake there. Those things are terrible. And so the story is told, it, this is just a story to illustrate why the, our parents wanted for us to know more. The story is told that a pastor was preaching, and as the pastor was preaching, he said, because people didn't like Carrie Peter and Black Mama. So they said, the, 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 both of them were good. They said, people don't like us. They, human beings don't like us. Then the next thing they hear, the other one say, the pastor say, if you change, people will love you. And they say, oh, we hear something in that church. They say, when people change, when anything you change, you, they will love you. So let's go and change. You don't want to say yes. And for, for blind marble, those things can change about 15, they can share their skin about 15 times a year. But then, when you for, for caterpillar, it takes about four weeks for it to for it to turn into to go through a cocoon stage and move into butterfly. And so they just say, "Yeah, we can go and change." So the the, the black marble got her, and when and within three days, it changed. It's a scare. It's a share its skin. But then it started waiting for the for the caterpillar to change. And the caterpillar is not coming. So it got so mad. We're supposed to go and, and go. You know, you, you just can't change. You're just sitting there. You're not doing. 
And then after the time, the uh, butterfly, I mean, the caterpillar has changed into a butterfly. And he came to a black marble and said, are you ready for us to go? Say, yeah, today's Sunday. Let's go. That pastor will be over there. So they came to the church. When they came to the church, the, the, the caterpillar said, let me be the first to, I mean, the, the butterfly said, let me be the first to go in the church building. If they, hurt, if they kill me, then you can run. I said, okay. And he went in. He walked through the car, I mean, the, the church door. The moment he came to the door, the, the usher that was there saw the butterfly and said, oh, how beautiful. So he started playing, and the butterfly sat on her shoulder for some time. Then he moved from there and go to the pastor who was preaching on the, on, the, on the stage. He went there, and the pastor looked and said, man, this is beautiful. And he sat on the pastor's shoulder. And it was in that church for about 10 minutes. When he got by, the, the black marble got mad. You, you always go. And you just waste all that time. I'm supposed to go in now. Did they, they, they hurt you? He said, no, they love me. He said, oh, I can go in now. So he started coming in. When he came in, right by the door, it's like this. And the usher looked at that and started running. And the people pick up their chairs and everything. They start hitting on that, that black marble because they're afraid of it. And then he ran towards the pastor while he was preaching. And the pastor saw the black marble. What did he do? He broke the window. He jumped through the window and went out. And so when the black marble went back outside, he was completely bruised. So he got by and said, why they love you? They don't love me. They almost killed me. Then the caterpillar, I mean the butterfly, asked him, say, how did you change? He said, don't you see I'm so beautiful like this? Say yes. But did you change from the inside out or from the outside in? He said, why, you, why the people don't like, is you, you are changed. It's not from the inside. It is from the outside. He said, but I transformed. I changed completely. My old ways is gone. My new way has come. But you are still the same as you were. It doesn't matter what you scare skin. It doesn't matter. But your inside, that's what Paul said, we should be transformed by the renewing of the mind. That's what change is all about. When you come to Jesus Christ and you are baptized into Christ, you have a new life. You are no longer where you were. You are a new person now in Christ. So we know that the life we live is for this place. We have to know that it involves just moving and changing their relationship. We don't have that same old relationship again. We have a new relationship. Second, production. You see, it is disease-resistant protection. When we come, when you plant trees into, when you plant the, when you bought grass into that tree, there's something there. It is protected. That's why you move it. That's when you do bug grafting. You want for that because maybe that tree that you have, the other diseases may have made for the tree to, to die out. But when you move that bud and put it into a new one, it's, 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 it's nourishment and its protection is in that new tree you planted in. So the first thing I see, the next thing you see there is for protection, death resistance. As for Christians, when we come to Jesus Christ, what do we have? What is that protection? 1 Corinthians 15, 53 to 57 read, For the 
but a perishable must clothe with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable have been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is, is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, you have victory through Christ. Death has no control over you again. Because you see, you are in Christ and you live in Christ and Christ's life becomes your life. Christ's power becomes your power. You see, one of the things we have to think about when we come to Christ is this. Christ is the one that came to redeem us. He is the lamb who, who redeemed us. He is our, the lamb. Of, when John saw him, he said, this is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is Christ who takes away your sin. But then you know why? Christ is your advocate sitting before the throne of God and interceding for you. And that Christ is the same Christ that is coming by. Oh, yes, at the end time. And he will not come by as a sacrifice. You know why he's coming by for? He is coming by now as a judge who will, buy, who will judge the living and the dead. He will be there. He who paid the price is your lawyer. And who is your lawyer is your judge. So when you stand before Jesus, he will say, come into your heavenly home. Because I who redeemed you, I am the one who brings you into your home. Come into your, your mansion I have built. That's what believers are. This is why when we are baptized, we are breaking time with our old life in order to have a new life. It's all in Jesus Christ. His life becomes our life. His home becomes our home. And one of the things I usually say that many of you have heard me before is this thing. When you adopt a child, you have a lot to do with it. You choose the child. But when you have a biological child, whether you wanted to, to have a girl and God said, this is, you're going to have a boy, you can't say, no, I don't want a boy. You have no choice over that. But when you adopt a child, you choose who you want to adopt. It is your choice. You see, we are God. That's why we say we are adapted into Christ. We are Christ. We are, you know, we are adapted. God chose us in Christ. So, you see, we are God's choice. That's what you are. So, what happened? What are the stages? What comes to this? When we are being grafted into Christ, we are there to do several things. First of all, the first stage is Christian living. You graft her into Christ to live a Christian life. John 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you are in Christ, my brothers and sisters, you will bear fruit. Which means your life will prove it. Uh, Matthew 7, 16 to, to 18 reads, by, this, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grips from vessels, I mean thorn bushes, or from fake trees, I mean fake from vessels? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So when we come to Christ, we have to live a life of Christ, our place of citizenship. We belong to heaven. The second stage is procreation. 
procreation. Procreation. This is the second stage. Well, John 15, uh, 16 to 17 read, You did not choose me, said Jesus, but I chose you and appoint you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whoever, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 reads, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself full, fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the law is not in vain. My friend, one time is coming. There is the, there's coming a time when you will stand before the throne of God, and he will say, come in, a good and faithful servant of mine. Do your work. God, you see, when you are in Christ, you are here to reach out to the world for Christ. John 20, 21 to 23 reads, he said, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not. For, uh, John 14, 12 reads, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. My brothers and sisters, Christian baptism is not just for salvation, but also for fruit bearing. There are so many people in the world today, brothers and sisters, that are not grafted in Jesus Christ. Our job is to graft them into Christ by bringing the message to them. We are appointed to go and graft people into Christ. Let them leave their old master and come to Christ for eternal life belongs to them. But let me put it this way then. There are two things that need to happen within the church, as I always say. First, there must be willing sender. There must be willing senders. Second, there must be willing messengers. There are some people who may want to, you see, all of us may not be able to go on a mission field. Well, Chuck goes all the time, you know, he, he, he's, he's a mission guy. And many of you here have gone on mission trips. Phil go to Mexico. He's over there. But what I say, you see, for him to go, somebody must send him. And for us to go, we, we need people to send us. We are willing to go and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But somebody might be willing to send us. So we have the two people within the church. Sender, goer. Or you can even be both. It doesn't change. But someone must send. Someone must be willing to send them. This is the message of Romans 10, 14 to 15, which reads, How then? Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? I said it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. For me to close, let me just give you a story from my culture, my culture when I was growing up. And this is it. 
Let's say I have a culture we are, uh, uh, we are community oriented culture. So let's say this is village number one and this is village number two. A woman in village number two, maybe a woman from there married in village number one. And in our culture, babies are the toughest thing. When a baby is born, everybody just shouting and, and jumping up and down and have party. So then, let's say in village number two, I mean number one, the woman who got married there, she had a baby. And then somebody would come because we didn't have phone to say, call. oh, baby is born. No, you had to turn down the place where you go. You can walk several miles to go to that place. And they get into the village, and that person who bringing that good news, you know what the person will do when you come to the verge of that, city, of that village. The person will shout, good news, good news, good news. And the whole time, people start beating drum, and they all start dancing. There's a good news coming in. And so the baby is born, and so they will be jumping up and down and, and, and praising, and just, oh, man, party is on. But let's say from, village, from that village, somebody died in the village. They will send somebody to come tell in the village and say, this person died in this village. Because we are all community-oriented people. We are connected. So the people, the person will come, the person who brings in that news to the village will not shout at the entrance of that village. The person will go to the chief of the village and say, oh, I brought news. So what is news? Say, oh. Bad news. Somebody died in that village. Then the, the leaders will come to the elders, they come together. Then they will, they will plan it, and before they will call the whole village and say, somebody died. Then they will proclaim that, new, that message. So you who bring the, the bad news, you don't even want to come, because that, that's not a news you want to preach. You want your news for people to be jumping up and down. Why am I giving you this story, my friend? Is this. We Christians don't have bad news. We have good news to the world. Jesus redeemed mankind. He came and he died in our place. And through his life, we have life. So when you are baptized, you die with Christ, you bury in Christ, and you resurrect with Christ. So Christ's life becomes your life. Christ's benefit from God becomes your benefit when God sees you. He doesn't see you as a human being. He's, you know, sinful human being anymore because Jesus covers over all and every sin. So when you're walking, just be walking like this. I'm a child of God. And you're moving around because Jesus is in you, is with you, is through you, and for you. Amen. That's what believers have. So my friend, we have good news to tell. But grafting, you are grafted into Jesus Christ. And when you are grafted into Jesus Christ, you are a new person because Christ is your nourishment. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they plan it. And there, God, is, God the Father plans it, God the Son fulfills it, and God the Holy Spirit sustains it. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So when Christ comes back, he will not say to you, I don't want you because he's the one who died for you. He's the same person who is your advocate, and your advocate is the one who comes to judge the whole world. And he is coming. He will say, come to me. I pay that price, and my price is worth everything. Thank you, brothers and sisters. May God bless you as we go through this time. But let me tell you, when is the time? The time is now. Thank you, Brother Joe. The time is now. It is time to make that decision. If you believe, what's holding you back? If you know Jesus is the Son of God, why not? Be grafted in 
die to the world. It's time. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us in Jesus. We praise you for he has been our sacrifice. Lord, we worship you for you have made us your children in him. Father, draw us to you. Help us to be fruitful that the whole world may know that you are God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.